0: That's right. That's very good. She said some very powerful things. You know, and just right up front, it's just such a key. You know, like I have to remind myself that bad things happen. You know, I think a lot of people think that they, they sentence themselves to, I, I deserve this hurt, that's what's normal. And Anyway, you don't have to, if it hurts you, you don't have to think about it. And that's what Paul said, I've got figured out. Uh, is that I don't have to think about. And all of our emotions, this, was, I, this is kind of a newer revelation to me. I don't know why. I guess I'm just a little slow. But I found out all of my feelings come from my thoughts. They don't come from what's happened to me. Something may happen and that may invoke a feeling, but that's not the feelings that stay. If you're angry all the time, I'll tell you why. It's because of the way you're thinking. If you're pitiful all the time, oh, woe is me all the time. You have those feelings, I, I can tell you the way you're thinking. Yeah. All of our thoughts, they are emotion factories. That's and that's how you fall out of love. You know, the devil attack your marriage, right? And start accusing, you know, and magnifying uh, things that are small or whatever and make them big. And all of a sudden, how come I don't feel for my wife or my husband the way I did before? Because you're not thinking the same. You're not thinking the way you used to think. But the great thing about that is if I'll just harness my mode of thought, Amen. then I can generate all the kind of emotions I want to have. See, God has put a great life within my hand. You can't take a great life from me. Amen? Yeah, it's really good. I met a lady in my uh, early years of pastoring, and she was in her late 60s, early 70s, and a precious lady, but she just suffered from chronic depression, and she was just a mess all the time. And after hours and hours of prayer and laying on of hands and casting out devils, I was getting nowhere with this lady. Finally, she was in front of me for, I don't know, what, what number of times in my office, and I finally said, Listen, I want to ask you: How much of your day, in terms of a percentage, do you spend thinking about this? She was violated sexually. Now, you no, know, no, she was almost seventy back when she was twelve or thirteen. Horrific. But here she is, all these decades later, and no better. Toxic to every relationship she's in. She's still bound. She's not free. I said, give me, I want a percentage. How much of your waking moments do you spend thinking about that event? And without hesitation, she said, oh, easy, 75, 80, 85% of my day. I said, well, I'm done with you then until you're willing to change that because no laying on of hands, no counseling. That is why. And it goes back to what God told me. I forbid you to think a certain way. Freedom is found. Great feelings, great emotions are found in thinking right. Just a tip. Just to help you there a little bit. Amen. And so let's just continue. Now, did we miss someone's burning hot question that they wanted to ask but they didn't get to ask? Because we'll take time to do that. We can get her back up here if you want. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Did y'all hear me? Well, yeah, she asked yeah. a question about how do you balance family and ministry. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, it, I think it swings. Like sometimes, some seasons it seems like everything's more ministry dominated. But then you just have to make sure you take those times to just focus on the family. And it's just, it is a balancing act. It's never 100% balance all of the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we asked that, for several years in a row. We asked guest ministers yeah. when they came privately. We asked them, "How do you balance ministry and family?" And, he, and they all gave us the same answer: When you get that figured out, yeah. you let, let me, me know.
1: know. <laughs> it, you'll kind of, if you're sensitive to spirit, you'll kind of know. Okay, I feel like we this is dominated too long. I need to, sw- I need to swing over here and make sure that the family is attended to and that, you know. So it's never a 50-50 all the time.
0: Yeah. If you're on a balance beam and you are wanting to achieve balance, are you just static, absolutely still? You don't change anything? No, it's, it's constant this, right? Making those tweaks and adjustments to stay in the middle of the road. And you just have to do that. Yeah. Amen. Very good. Anybody else? Yes, sir.
1: Um, well, for several months it was just, I was praying it and I was praying it in faith and kind of like, him. You know, and then I had to just not think about it because it didn't look like, I mean, he was going off doing his own thing. Um, and I, the only, I think one of the reasons why God did speak to me that strongly in the car, perhaps cause he saw ahead, because if I had, if I had not had that, I probably would have just let it go. Because it didn't look like it would have turned out yeah. favorably. so yeah.
0: He gave her something to hold he on to. He gave me
1: something to hold on to. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's good. Praise Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Going once, twice. Amen. Go ahead. When you were talking about mind, will, and emotion, I was just wondering does the will, is that where dominion comes out of the will? Mm hmm. What a great, insightful question. Our dominion is seated in who we are in Christ spiritually, right? But the exercise of that authority is only done with our will. I have to decide. I'm on on top of the devil. And anything I decide is a function of my will. I'm going to obey. That's not a... It flows from the strength of the spirit, but the decision is made in the soul. So what an insightful question, yes. Any decision you make is going to flow out of your, out of your soulish being because that's where the seat of decision-making comes from. It's in your will. So there's that, there is that mutual flow between soul and spirit in the exercise of dominion. I have to decide. You have to decide, right? Uh, I'm not going to have a squirrely mind. I, I make a decision today. Uh, I'm the healed and not the sick. I'm the head and not the tail. But we wouldn't have any meat to that, any power behind it, if it weren't from the flow of the Spirit. So they flow together. Hebrews 4.12 4, 12 tells us the only thing that can bring a distinction between the soul and the Spirit is the Word. Right? That Word, um, for the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder. That phrase, divide asunder, is a very interesting Greek uh, play on words, and it means to draw a distinction. So you really can't separate soul and spirit. If you, have you ever met where the river is pouring into the ocean? Where, where, how do you separate fresh water from salt water? You can't. But can you draw a line of distinction? Yes, you can. That's the best you can do in, in with the soul and the spirit. They are so they're both eternal. Your soul is eternal, right? Your spirit is eternal. They are joined together, and the best you can do is to, by being strong in the word, you can, you can begin to distinguish the, the soul from the spirit. And that's why people are so easily, uh, you know, I heard Pastor Nancy say in that preparation message, she said most people, they, they call a good idea being led by the spirit they don't they're not strong enough in the word to be able to to sense the dividing line the distinguishing between what's my soul and what's my spirit and so you have to be invested in praying in other tongues and living full of the word just to just to make it out there's that intrinsically joined together very very good question amen praise god mhm
1: mhm so you we're talking about Exodus 34:7 um and how does that correlate with Luke 11:24 when it talks about the strong man coming back and then you know they go to different places um just
0: could the distinction between the two because yeah well what you're dealing with there is the actual presence of a demonic spirit that needs to be dealt with and when he's you know you born again we don't have demons in our spirit that'll never happen but you can have one if you want in your mind or uh, of, of pressing your body. That has to be when you bind the strong man in that sense, they go and then they're looking for an opportunity to get back in. What Exodus 34, 7 is talking about is a crack of tendency, a flaw in the character of the soul of the person that has to be mended. And that has nothing to do with the presence of a demon. St- yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, also, that's also sort of true. You know, again, remember the, the, even the tectonic plates, our crust, the fault line, what happens is how do you get an earthquake? You apply pressure. Well, what, what the devil, those demons, they have enough sense to know. They can see the patterns and they know what the bents are. So what the role of the demonic influence is, let's come along and we'll put pressure on that. They're going to tempt you in the area of your most vulnerability because they're lazy, right? They're not going to necessarily try to gain entrance in the area where you're the strongest. But to apply a lot of pressure, so you have this dual working, you have this flaw, this crack in your character, and then you have the demons that want to, the familiar spirits that have been following you along for generations. If You've heard Dr. DeFran's testimony, he talks about this. Remember, he's praying in Germany about marrying Pastor Nancy, but he doesn't want to bring in any baggage. That's kind of what we've been talking about today, about being whole. He doesn't want to bring any baggage, and he has this vision. And God says, I want to show you why, listen to what he said, why you've never quite felt right about yourself. And then he, he took him back. He was, he was in the 1940s. He's in the back seat of that car, and there's his young dad, and there's his mom pregnant with him. Y'all remember this? And they're driving to Tijuana, what, to get an abortion because she's not married 15 and a half. And the angel hits, hits his dad in the head and he turns to her and says hey, listen, I can't do this. I'm Catholic. We're going to go down here and get married. Yeah. Okay, well that's the right thing. And then they, they came back, got married and remember what Dr. Dufresne's mom's dad did. He was so dishonored by that, found out by all that he drove out into a field and put a hose in, is that how he did it? Put a hose in the window and And killed himself and left a note and said, you dishonored me to his daughter, to Ed's mother. And you did this and this is why I killed myself. Well, that spirit, I said all that to say that spirit that drove him to do that. God showed him in the spirit, Dr. Dufresne, that that spirit immediately began to dog her tracks. And all her life she was mentally not right. Tormented Broken, not made whole, not having forgiven herself. And then the devil, that demon constantly following her around, piling on. And her son, Dr. Frank, had to hold her down as she had mental fits. Well, when she got saved, and then at the end of her life, uh, she died young. But then she went to heaven. And then in the spirit, in Germany, in this, as this vision continues, God shows Dr. Frank now that evil spirit, that familiar spirit, now followed him. And now, that he said, this is why, the presence of this familiar spirit is why you've never felt quite right about yourself. You know, I was with Dr. Dufresne, traveled with him on the plane in March of 2013. You know, that's the year he went to heaven later. And I was uh, he was ministering in a Chicago in a, at a church in a high-rise. They met in a tall building. And I sat there. And what, listen to dad tell that story. I'd heard him tell it before, but never quite like that in a small, small setting, just a few of us there. And I got such revelation about my own life. And it, you, know, you pull the curtain back on the devil. And there's this, there's this mix that happens, right? The things you did wrong, this spiritual principle about what's visited, the iniquity that you're dealing with. Now again, those iniquities that we deal with, he binds the broken heart. He right. mends those things. Don't, I don't want you to walk away from here thinking, i got to carry that all my life. Right. Right. I need to say that to you. I don't walk around with this, you know, thing in me wanting to go off and chase girls or do what, you know, those, those iniquities are dealt with. Does that make sense? Uh, that's important to say. And... Um, but you have that and then you have these familiar spirits that have been following your family around for generations and they're just going to want to pile on. And, uh, and so Dr. Dufresne said, well, I know I have authority over that. Can I bind that spirit and make him leave me alone forever? He said, no, you can't. No, he'll follow you around all your life. Now, the way you live in freedom is you recognize his activity. That's why I'm showing you. You can't get rid of him. But you can recognize his activity, and when he tries to pull something on you, you just say, "No, nah, ah, ah. I bind you, you foul spirit. You cease and desist in your maneuvers against me." You know, if if we could just get rid of this thing forever, Jesus would have done it. But in his temptation in the wilderness, he he conquered. He conquered those forty days and forty nights. He dealt with the devil, and it says that the devil stood off. It said he just backed off for a season looking for another opportunity. So see, even Jesus couldn't make the presence of, the harassment, the having to deal with it, go away. If he couldn't, you can't. But we recognize, we recognize what's going on. See, I used to walk around 16, 17, 18, 19. Uh, I watched both of my granddads die horrific deaths, pancreatic uh, stomach cancer. And I watched them. And then I would just be walking along minding my own business I was a teenager. And I would be bombarded by this unwelcome, uninvited thought. And this is the way the thought landed on me. This is the way I heard it. I'm, so not me, I'm going to kill you with cancer. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you. You're going to go just like your granddad's did. It was weird. I didn't know what that was about. You know, I'm not walking with God. And so just periodically. So what is that? That's that that's that familiar spirit. You know? And eventually, you know, I began to read my Bible, you know, but eventually I just figured it out. How come all the talking? And I finally stopped. I don't know where I was, but I just stopped and I said, you know what? What's with all the talk? Why don't you just, if you can do it? And I realized, see, he can't just do it to me. He can't. Otherwise, what's with all the talk? You know a bully who really doesn't have it, but he's just talk. You give him one good one and he'll leave you alone. Right? The devil's just, if he's talking, he's lying. I love that. I've, I've said that for years. I, that's mine. I didn't get that from him. If he's talking, he's lying. So if he said, if, he's, if you're dealing with something, you're going to lose your house. He's lying about it. You're probably about to get a bigger house. If he's talking, he's lying. Walk down the hall and your pastor didn't acknowledge it, but probably because they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with. And the thought comes, they ain't got no love. See, that didn't even say hi to you. Listen, if he's talking, he's lying. But we just have to wake up and realize you know, these kind of things. So uh, so the devil showed Dr. Dufresne um, why he felt the way he felt and how the devil had worked this pattern in his life and how to deal with it, live in victory by the constant, vigilant recognition of the devil's activity and the exercise of dominion. That's kind of a whole sermon. You got that for free. Amen. 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 Praise God. Anybody Anybody else? Praise God. Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing? She makes herself, even these moments, I was quickened, led by the Spirit, but I can't be. No, she knows how I was back then. Uh, no, I was carnal. Uh, I, was, I was totally carnal. In, for me, it was all physical attraction. It was all she looks like somebody I would like. So I wish I could tell you that I was being prompted by the Holy Ghost. Ge- now, sometimes you could be led unconsciously. You know, you're just being led unconsciously. You don't really know at the time the, the divine influence on the mind and on the heart. Huh? Yeah, I was taking this chemistry class with a, with a friend that sat with me and really... He's the one that turned me on to her in the sense that he kept um, pointing her out. He was the one initially that was so interested in her. So he was the one constantly talking. And so I'm looking and what she calls stalking, (laughs) I called being interested And uh, she says, oh, you'll get up and undo it. But, I mean, there's an element. I, my, it's my dad's fault, okay? It is my dad's fault. I'm going to blame it on him. He would, uh, when, my, when our family went to the mall, um, one of our favorite things to do is guys don't like to shop typically. So, my mom's shopping. We would sit in the area, whatever, get a Coke or whatever. And we just like to watch people. He said, this is, this is the best entertainment you'll have all day, son. And it's only better now because people are weird. You all have noticed that, right? Wow. Why spend $100 at the movie? You just go and watch people. Wow. Go to the beach. Weird. And uh, so I got in this, I got in this habit and uh, I probably just I don't know how to look without getting caught very well, you know, I, I'm just But you want, me, you want me with you in a crowd because I will, I'm watching. I'm, I will notice what's, what's going on. But anyway, toward the end of the semester, this guy, that kept, he kept saying, I'm going to ask her out. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to ask her out. But he never did. And then one day towards the end of the semester, he didn't come to class. Well, that was his big mistake right there. Because I said to myself, he's never going to do it. He's never going to do it. He's chicken. I'm going to do it. And I walk down there, and the rest is history. And of course, me and him are not friends. (laughs) We are, we are not friends. Have y'all, y'all know Reverend Siegel, right? How could you not, Reverend Joel? Well, he's become a a good friend, and uh, I, I, I love his ministry. Of course, we all do. But I love his, him and Miss Amy's personalities. Fun, fun people. But he is, if you ever had a moment with, he is cutting in his personality. Dry, sarcastic sense of humor, which I like. Now, if you're insecure and touchy, you won't like him. (laughs) So, first time, I think, uh, he's at first or second meeting that we had him, and we go to Rafferty's for lunch, and my wife gets up and excuses herself to use the restroom. And the moment she's out of earshot, I'm still getting to know him. He leans in with fire shooting out of his eyes. I mean, real serious. And said, all right, I want to know, how did you get hurt? <laughs> Seriously. And for a moment, I was tempted to get offended. <laughs> I was. But I answered honestly. I said, I had the help of the Holy Ghost. And you heard it. That's, 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 exactly, that's exactly right. So to answer, long answer to your question, no, I don't have any conscious, didn't have any conscious stirring of the spirit. I would not pay attention to my spirit, it was all about her hair, <laughs> amen, and her face and everything else about her. Yeah, I always said we've had chemistry from the beginning, because we met in chemistry, bad joke, I know. <laughs> well, we're in a flow here, praise God I can teach you some, but anybody else got, you got something you want to ask? Uh Yeah, we've got several. We'll go here and then here and then there. Yeah.
2: Those
0: bents and those yeah. iniquities.
2: Right. Uh-huh. Our, so, how do we handle, like, you know, dealing with something we never expected, but also how to help them? Because there's things like we've been trying to beat into their head, you know, on things to, you know, like, hey, you know, you gotta think right, you gotta, you know, get that out of your mind and everything, and you're not a victim, you know. Absolutely. You know, dealing with those different things that they're dealing with. Yeah. And other things, like, you know, like things that may pop up that we've mm-hmm. seen. Right. Did you come
0: from a Absolutely. Such a great question. Well, the word answers all things. Again, my issues have been my issues, but the word was my answer to those issues. Whatever issues are, and it sounds like you all are doing the exact right thing, you know, they may be different bents, different things that you have to recognize. But I don't, don't think that you need to go do this deep dive study into ancient history. And I'm not, not begging all that. You're led by the Holy Ghost. You observe and see and, and you'll know them. You, you're, you're, live, you're living with them and you have God on the inside. And if you can see a, a bent or a tendency, what you did to fortify yourself, you help them fortify. Them. It's a different area. You're, you're building extra bricks to fortify a different hole in the wall than yours. But it's the same procedure. Same word, same spirit, same Holy Ghost. Love, the renewing of the mind, being led by the spirit. Sounds like you guys are just on it to just stay with it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a teaching here in my notes, I don't know that we'll get to, that uh, called When Loving Gets Hard, you know, and we, we would love for it to just be clean, right, the perfect, the ideal, but it's just rarely like that, it's just rarely like that. Well, you have to, in your unit, whoever's the nuclear family, the husband, wife, that new unit, you have to just protect and live independent in that unit, right? And, and you know what's true, you know what you believe, you know what direction, and you're, you're firm in uh, not allowing outside influences, blood, kin, that family, to deter you in that. At the same time, you, you love them to the greatest degree they'll let you. You're a light to them. You love them. And when you're around them, you recognize they're not believers. They don't think like we do. They don't value what we value. But it's not our place to diminish that. I've learned this painfully. It's not my job to preach at them all the time, right? But to just live my life. But what I'm going to do, what I would encourage, is you set boundaries for your family. And you don't, you enforce that boundary right? So, you know, let's say at their, their home they drink or, or whatever, if it was me, I would say, you know, hey, listen, they, these are your grandkids. I'll be around, but I'm watching, right? And I might just say, not while, the, not while the kids are here. And if they won't honor your boundary, then you enforce it by, well, then, that's your choice, but I'm going to remove. There's going to be consequences, right? And that's love. That's love for your kids. That is love for your kids. Right? And um, I've, I've counseled some, you know, nuclear family, believer, and you got one who calls himself a believer, but man, they're a master manipulator, guilt tripper, and uh, robbing them of money and this and that. And I just said, listen, you're, she has discovered with you that she can violate the boundary, and you cave, and she's going to keep doing it. You it's, enforce the boundary. So as much as you can, you love, you associate with, you're alike to, you function around. But you have the proper boundary set, and then you enforce that. that makes sense? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think we had, was there one back here? Yeah, that's right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: was
2: <laughs> Yeah, not you
0: Amen. Yeah. Praise God.
2: Mhm.
0: <laughs> it's kind of kind of slim pickings already, huh?
2: Shazam.
0: Sure. Right. Hon, you want to answer that one?
1: The, the What comes to me is you just keep on. You just keep on pursuing God's call on your life. And, and you're going to, he, he can bring the right person to you as you're on your way, in your plan, in the plan that he has for your life. I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't recommend just, you know. It's it's very similar in one
0: sense to, okay, I'm believing for a car. What's my, what's my thing? You know, what do I, what's my step of faith? Well, I thank God every day. I thank God every day. Father, I I thank you for that mate. I thank you that you're putting he and I uh, on the path together, that we're intersecting. He's finding me. I'm finding him and just praise him for that and, and thank him for that. You know, um, I think there are some practical things, uh, you know, you heard me say, when I go to the gym, I do it on purpose. I put out this vibe, I'm not interested. Well, when you're believing for a mate, that's not necessarily the vibe you want to put out. <laughs>
1: Does
0: that make sense? Yeah. Amen. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I'm not just going uh, to throw, throw caution to the wind and, and, and uh, experiment and, and do all of this. But, but you have to be open. And, and test the waters a little bit, you know, and at least have an, uh, an air about you. I mean, she said it overly sweet, you know, that when I came up and said, is this seat taken, that she said, yes, it is. No, that's not the way I remember it. I mean, it was icy. <laughs> it was icy. Like, yes, it is. Like, you you know, step off, brother, you know, kind of a thing. But... Though the the, though though in a company like ours and we refuse to compromise and that's the right thing and, and the pool gets smaller as the call gets higher or whatever, don't forget God is able. God is able. And and we can it's easy to feel like, how? How is this ever gonna happen? I go to work, I go to church, I come home. God is able. He knew where Joseph was, down in the pit of that prison. And in a less than 24 hours, he was able to elevate him to the second place. And, and it, it takes faith to be faithful. It takes faith to be faithful. And so to stay faithful to your conviction, faithful to your standard, uh, faithful to the call in your life, you just busy yourself with obedience. And thanking God every day for what you're believing for. And uh, God will show himself true to being skillful. Right? Don't don't settle.
2: settle. Nope. Right. 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 You're unequally yoked, So these girls that little town, uh
0: huh. Oh yeah. Oh, how married? to in this town. God
2: knows. Right. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, yeah, pulled out of the move of the spirit, yep, yeah exactly, right, and I've had him tell me, Well, I'll call you, pastor, I said, no, you won't, That's no, you won't." 'Cause that's you're out from underneath my covering.
2: Yeah. Moved back. You she'd go to Texas AM and she went to the rainbow, moved back. And one guy she was interested in there, she just knew what was going to be correct thing. Uh huh. She came back home. Uh, a few months on the boy used to go to our church and was going to an A G church, came back, they just started kinda they next
0: thing you know, they are married and they're passed Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You bet. That's good. Yeah. You know, Pastor Keith Moore. It, it, don't don't let this sound and register on you as like a cop out or a cliche, because it's not. We say it a lot because it's so vitally true and real. But Pastor Keith Moore says the answer to a thousand and one different questions is be led. Yeah, be led. And uh, so, I have a thousand one questions. Be led. I'm believing for a mate. What do I do? Be led. You know, if he says, get up, go to the grocery store and buy yourself an apple right now. Well, you don't know what's connected to that act of obedience. You know, Mr. Man, Mr. Wright might be buying an apple at the very same time. You live with expectancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's ladies when you drop that apple and go, oh, you know. Yeah. That's when you work your, that's when you work your deal. Right? Help the Holy Ghost.
2: Yeah,
0: right? you, 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 it's the natural with the supernatural. Yeah, we're being led, but we're brushing our teeth too, you know washing our car and you know and that whole reason that I didn't I didn't she's right about it I didn't open a single car door I mean she didn't tell you this I'll go tell if I'm at the end of this great date I pulled up in the driveway and I threw in park and I hit the unlock button and uh, you're like, man jerk is right well uh, my mom God bless her soul she never taught me anything I just was ignorant. Maybe I should have known. Maybe she, I, but I don't have any memories. My, my dad was away. <laughs> uh, my stepdad taught me how to change a tire, but he never taught me how to treat a lady. I wasn't being mean. I just was ignorant. So it was the help of the whole. I didn't walk her to the door. I, I mean, I didn't. I I didn't do, yeah, we went around the mall. We walked around, and I just walked to my driver's door. She walked in, and she stood there. You know, kind of waiting, and I don't think I ever got the hint. You <laughs> didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, honey, for being full of faith. Yeah, so, but yeah, amen. Yes. Um, this isn't if someone sure, that, absolutely. What question should you ask the other person that you're dating? Ooh. What question would I ask the other person that I'm dating? Hmm. Well, knowing what I know today, the, uh, the, what, the, I think the paramount question that I would ask is, what's your call? What's your call? What, what is it? What is your purpose? And Because I want to know that before I invest my heart. You know, is, is what you're on the planet pursuing... Something I want to join myself to. Am, am I interested in exploring that with you? That's good. I think that would be it. You know, that, that's a, that'd be a paramount thing. You know, every couple's going to have, you're going to go through the, the things you go through. We've had lean times financially. We've made mistakes, mainly me financially. Um, just different challenges that you all have. But but when you believe the same way and you're reaching for the same thing and I'm passionate about the direction, she's passionate about it, then life is life is good. Life is yeah. life is sweet. Yeah. Amen. All right, praise God. Keep the questions coming because we don't we don't have time to teach you anything. So we'll go here and then we'll go here. Okay. Um this may be a little personal or deep, but I come from a broken home. This is my Uh-huh. Hi. And I endured sexual abuse with my dad. Okay. And I went through a path of drugs, alcohol, sure. So Amen. Sure. It's okay, sweetie. Um, uh, yeah. Well, with all the trauma and all the things you've been through and you've said I've been delivered, well, you've told me a lot, right? You've told me a lot that you haven't said about things that were done, and th- things you received, times that God moved. This is just another one, yes. right? It's just the being delivered from that fear is just another one. Yes. And the, 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 the God, the faithful, loving God who delivered you from that and that and that right. and that. It's going to be the God, right? That delivers you from that foul spirit of fear. And I say to you and to that spirit in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of torment and fear? I bind you. We bind you. We command you, you loose her. You let her go free right now in the name of Jesus. You cease and desist in all your maneuvers, in all your operations against her mind and against her thought life in the name of Jesus. And we loose the power of God, the delivering power of God, the anointing of God to set her free in the name of Jesus from every fear in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you so much, Father. Glory to God for setting her free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Honey, I'll let you anything. But in addition, God does, like He just did, what we can't do. Deal with that spirit and the power to set us free. Then what you do, sweetheart, is you add discipline to your thought life. You don't entertain thoughts about, well, what if. You recognize that's the, that's the train of thought I've been in that has fostered and allowed that spirit of fear to grip me. And so, talk much of God's goodness, His faithfulness. He's not going to lead you astray. Amen. And um, remember, all of our, like I said in the beginning, all of our feelings are being generated by our thoughts. So, Pastor Nancy's books on the mind, yes. peace, a sound, disciplined mind. When you add the disciplined mind, a renewed mind, to the power of God that sets you free. Amen. But I would just say to you, you, you're so courageous. You've gone so far. You just took another step to this moment. You just stay on the path you've been on, and life will be sweet for you. And when that one comes along, you see, she trusted. She had every reason in the natural to say, Get this guy away from me. But she was practiced. Practice right now today being sensitive. Live from here, not here. Live from here, not here. And when, when that one comes along and your spirit leaps on the inside, then it's, it's going to need your faith. And so you're here. You're developing your faith, right? And you just develop your faith. And so kudos to you. You're on the right track and I celebrate what God's done in your life already. So, amen. Amen. couple more minutes. Praise God. Did I have yeah, someone over here? Yes, sir. Sorry, like a question, but I was Love just it. I'm wondering, when uh, you're in a marriage,
2: I understand as the man of the household
0: that... uh uh-huh. Yeah, Amber and I were just talking about kind of this dynamic. Uh, was that this morning? Last night? And uh, we kind of acknowledge that maybe we're ex- on the extreme side of this truth in the sense that Amber and I, we do everything together. We do everything together. Maybe two or three times in our 25 years, almost 25 years of being married, did I pull rank on her? Did I say, I'm the, you know, that was my, I didn't, maybe didn't say it, but. I'm the husband, I know you don't agree, this is what we're doing. On those few occasions where I pushed forward in an area she didn't agree, I crashed and burned every time. I crashed and I burned every time. So like Dr. Dufresne said, I fell off the lettuce truck and bumped my head, but I learned not to fall off the lettuce truck and bump my head. you just have to forgive me. When she and I are in agreement, things work out. And, God, and that's the, one of the great benefits of being married is there's a built-in grace and a check and a balance. And there's something not right. If I want to do something and she's mm, bothered about it, there's something there. When she wants to do it and I just can't get there, you would be wise, in my view, to pay attention to that. Amen? So for us, we very much believe in doing things together. And I think the balance is she wants the liberty, to, she wants to be able to feel like she can make a decision. And that is right. That is right. And I want to be able to feel like, you know, that if I want to buy a shirt at Dillard's that I, I could get one. Without her permission. Now you understand that we're not having to count every penny right now. But as she said in, in her segment that Is so vitally important that you agree. How can any two walk together lest you be agreed? And so it's just very few times have we ever faced anything where I had the leading of the Lord and God hadn't dealt with her at all and it's just up to me to forge ahead by myself. Maybe it happens. Uh, But I have someone pretty in tune with God living with me. And so I've learned to lean on her. Uh, I may get a lead, but she's a a filter for me to run things by. Uh, And like I said, the few times I've pulled rank, it didn't work out for me. So yeah, I'm the leader and uh, I'm setting, pacing sort of vision and direction for the family, Um, but we do things together. If If it's significant at all, we do it together. We moved to Paducah, Kentucky together. I didn't, I told God. Okay. I said, okay, I recognize you're leading us to Paducah. I don't know what a Paducah is, but <laughs> evidently we're going there. Yeah, but I said, I am unwilling to grab her and drag her to Paducah because I said, I know there'll be seasons where it'll get tough, and I don't want her to resent me. And look at me and say, see what you did dragging us out here. So I said, I'm not going if she's not in agreement. And of course she was. So does that kind of answer your question?
2: More minor, you know, I, I
0: well, that kind of sounds minor, but it's not so much. Right? Go ahead.
1: Like, on something like that, I would say yield to the higher standard.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah,
0: Yield to the higher standard. Isn't that the safe way? That would be the safe way. Way to go on that one. Yield to the higher, whoever's preaching the higher standard, yield to that one. Hey, I don't think I could say anything better than that. We better just stop right there, right? So for the rest of the day, go yield to the highest standard. Amen. Praise God. Yield to the highest standard. Father, we thank you today for what's been ministered, what's been said. We thank you that we're more whole, we're moving that way, we're dealing with our issues. You've got a great plan for our life and family, in marriage, and we are contending for it. I just call each student blessed. May you bless and prosper all the work of their hands. Make a smooth and a straight path for them this afternoon that they could come to service tonight refreshed and expecting. And we thank you for what you're going to say tonight, what you're going to do tonight. Have your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. All right, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, we'll see you tonight.